What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheese burger, you stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap, 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 clap. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Him and his mom have been our non-Jewish guests at Passover. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. That was, uh, that was interesting. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Kevin is not here. Uh, yeah, I, I stumbled over reading it. I was not uh, prepared. I, I froze up because, you know, we have a real rabbi here. So in place of Kevin, who bailed uh, just before this podcast, we brought in Lex. Lex is an executive producer. He's also a real life rabbi. Lex, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I love that you're calling me a real life rabbi. I'm curious if there's like fake rabbis trying to invade the show, but I, I, I'm, that's true. I'm legit. Yeah. No, I'm, you never know. You know, there's a lot of shysters online. So um, yeah, just give your, give your rabbi credentials just so everyone, um, you know, there's no controversy. Oh, like where, like I was ordained through the Jewish renewal movement. If people have heard of that, it's like a small Jewish movement. That's about 50 years old. Um, but yeah, I was ordained this January. So that's my credentials. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Where well, I, I have a, my first question is, did Mike use the word shyster correctly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it seemed, seemed kosh, seemed kosh to me. Okay. I'm sorry, kosher. I'll, I want to abbreviate. The co- yeah. It seemed good. Okay. I like that was unintentional. I was not trying to, you know, throw it in there. That just uh, was the first thing that came to my yeah, mind. We'll just sprinkle random Yiddish. Ter- I don't even know if Scheister is Yiddish or just German, but like we'll just we'll sprinkle in some stuff over the course of that. Okay, I like it. Perfect. So we had Lex on because you know there's been some discussion in the Discord. There's been just some discussion overall. There's there's a lot of sort of Jewish touch points to the Mighty Ducks and. Uh, Lex has some previews that he put in the discord, which I'm very (laughs) excited about. Uh, But the first one really comes from, you know, Midas Game Changer. So we brought in Lex. He's going to just give us an overview here. But, you know, Nick, episode one sort of establishes his relationship with Evan about, you know, him and Alex were Nick's non-Jewish guests at Passover. So I want to get into that. But first of all, just like give the dumb ones, a rundown of Passover and sort of, yeah, just an overall overview before we really get into this. Absolutely. So um, first off, I audibly yelped at 3 a.m. when I woke up on the first day of the episode, like when when that episode came out, when the Passover Seder reference was in like minute three, I audibly yelped um, and my wife was sleeping and (laughs) that was, but um, anyway, Passover is a holiday. It comes around in the spring. It is close to Easter uh, pretty much every year. It's within like a week of Easter. Um, And it is one of the biggies. It's one of the big Jewish holidays. Um, It's right there in the Torah. It's sort of the commemoration of the exodus from Egypt. um, When, you know, Moses and Pharaoh and the 10 plagues and all that various, various Mishigas, um, various craziness. And uh, there's an annual commemoration of leaving Egypt that is Passover, basically. So you gather with 
your crew. So, you know, with your family, with associated other people, if you want to. And there's like this very hyper-structured ritual for going through basically dinner, but there's all these blessings and all these stories you tell and all these questions you ask. And um, it's very participatory. Um, and it's actually like most Jews don't go to synagogue. I mean, maybe some do, but like, it's not sort of a thing to go to synagogue on Passover in the way it is for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which are some of the other big holidays. The, the big thing is hanging out with your family, eating some stuff, doing these ritualized blessings, et cetera. So that's okay. what they're talking about with the Passover Seder. Gotcha. So I have a quick question. And, and Lex, how old are you? I am 30. Okay. So are you familiar with the Rugrats Passover episode? I have it in my notes. Uh, so I was <laughs> going to bring up the Rugrats Passover and Rugrats Hanukkah episodes uh, for a variety of reasons tied into this. But yes, I, not only am I deeply familiar, I, I am in touch with friends of mine who have written master's theses on the Jewish representation of well, one friend of mine who wrote a master's thesis on Rugrats Passover and Rugrats Hanukkah. Yeah, and, and you know, it is kind of like um, if you're a millennial, you know, and you're looking for, I, I do think there are, you know, Jewish representations, of course, and, you know, in, in film and media. But if you're, a, you know, if you grew up as a kid, you know, I think for especially me as I, I was raised Catholic, I don't identify uh, as such now. But that was kind of like, oh, yes, D.D. Pickles is Jewish and they're, they've got mm -hmm. their... Um, you know, from the old country, the grandparents there, and they have like their Passover, and they've got their Hanukkah episodes, and that's where you learn about, and you're just like, oh, okay, I can dig it, and uh, I'll, I'll kind of let you sprinkle it in later, but uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, we're going to get some Rugrats mentions here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, back to the Mighty Dogs, how common is it to have like non-Jewish guests at Passover? Is this a thing that happens? Not only is it a thing, so this is a, a, a fantastic thing, question. So, there's different answers to that that different people would give you. Some people, uh, well, I'll start with me. I started, I grew up and there were always Jews at my Seder and there were always people who were not Jewish at my Seder. That was, and, and we had certain people that we were very close family friends with who are not Jewish and who have come to every Seder for all, all that I can remember. I mean, it was, we went to their place for Thanksgiving and they would come to our place for Passover. Um, and it was very much like we strove pretty intentionally to have, I mean, my mom did, she was the one organizing it, not me when I was a kid, but we were pretty intentional about not only having Jews there and also like having everybody participate equally. Um, it's a story about like the Jews or the Israelites and the Exodus from Egypt, but it's very much a story you can read universally. And so I think a lot of people's seders do have folks who aren't Jewish. And that's more and more the case as interfaith marriage is more and more common. I'm actually in an interfaith relationship myself. So like by definition, a Seder that I'm hosting or that I go to has folks who are not Jewish there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's realistic and common for that to be the case. There are, you know, certain traditionalist kinds of communities where it would be less likely, but you know, Nick's parents are both women. They're in a lesbian relationship. I, like it's safe to say it's not a stretch for such a relationship that is defining its Judaism through a Seder to have a Seder with folks who are not Jewish there. Okay. So is this like a big honor? Do we think like Evan and Alex understand, you know, the magnitude of like being invited over for this occasion? That's a great question. So I think, well, well, we'd have to like psychoanalyze the relationship that Nick and Evan have, right? Like early on, because this, this happens early on in the season. This is like the first episode and right. Evan is, Evan's kind of, I mean, Evan's not that cool, but he's like cooler than Nick. 
and Nick is trying to be his bud. And so I don't know that Evan has a sense of its importance, or if he does, I feel like he doesn't, he doesn't really like how important it is to Nick that he's there. But I feel like maybe in future years at the Seder, it'll be like a nice moment and he'll own his role because their relationship has grown. Um, Alex probably has a sense that it, that it's, you know, it, it's a, a serious thing. And like you, you wouldn't invite folks to a Seder that you didn't think were going to be like into the ritual and participate and stuff. So I think she probably has a sense of it. Um, yeah. And, and so um, I, you know, I've got a few close Jewish friends and um, I have, I've actually never been invited over for a Seder. Maybe that'll change uh, soon. Um, but, you know, one of my, my coworkers, he's, you know, he's an enormous barbecue fan, but he's always talking of, you know, Jewish brisket. Is that mm -hmm. a traditional dish for Passover and what makes it maybe traditional? So it is. Um, what's fun, there's different foods that are like official parts of Passover. Brisket's not like in the structured ritual, the structured ritual I was talking about. That's Seder means order, basically. It's like, this, it means structure, basically. And so there are different foods, matzah being, you know, the crackery thing um, that is eaten during Passover because you're not eating bread. Um, it commemorates how, how urgently the Jews were leaving Egypt such that the bread couldn't even rise. So you eat this non, you eat this bread without leavening, which is just like a crackery thing, matzah. There's other foods that are on a plate. Brisket is not one of the foods that's like on the official Seder plate, um, but it is a very common food to have at Seders, especially if the Jewish folks hosting it are Ashkenazi, which is to say from Eastern Europe. Um, brisket's an Eastern European Jewish food. If you were going to a Seder hosted by Jews from somewhere else, brisket's less likely. But mm. Most American Jews, not nowhere near all, but um, the majority of American Jews trace their heritage to Eastern Europe. There you go. So we're thinking probably brisk, maybe brisket here at this point. So, so Gans, which is Nick's last name, right. is definitely a name you would tie to Eastern Europe. There, there's, there's like a famous activist named Marshall Gans, who's Jewish. That um, There's like... I would presume brisket is a safe bet, although I'm kind of curious if the family is vegetarian, which is hmm. entirely possible. Like that, that could be, um, as, and like, I get the vibe from his excitement and from like the fact that he's from likely a progressive family that like their Seder is probably really thoughtful and like, they might have interesting, they might have like substitute foods for like the meat oriented stuff. They might have like creative rituals they're doing. I like, I just get that vibe from Nick and his parents. Um, so that would be my guess at their Seder is that like, they're inviting folks who aren't Jewish. They're like creatively trying new rituals, doing some participatory stuff, like more creative than like Goldberg's if he had a Seder back in the day. I, I feel like Nick's family's is probably more off the beaten path and interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think you're right. I think like even if like the parents were vegetarians, they seem like they would make a brisket for their guests and then send it home mm. with them or something like that um, to be accommodating. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I definitely get that vibe from the parents. They seem very loving, much like Carp's parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Car well, <laughs> well, Carp is it, Carp is a name that is coded Jewish. Like there are rabbis with the last Ooh. name Carp in my in Providence. I grew up going to a, I didn't go to a Jewish school, but there were only a few Jews at my school. And one of them, their last name was Carp. Like it's one of those names that I've, look, you, you never know about most characters in shows like this, but like, I think there's an argument to be made that like maybe Carp's Jewish. Like maybe we assume Goldberg's the Jew in the original series, but even Portman, like Natalie Portman, the actress is Jewish. 
Dean Portman, the, the actor who plays Dean Portman is Jewish. Like there's a lot of folks that you could you could look at and be like, huh, maybe. Um, and then there's Averman who actually is never named as Jewish, but just like people assume is Jewish because he likes is stereotypical. <laughs> oh, that's a whole <laughs> other thing, but yeah. So, so you mentioned Goldberg and I want to just kind of dive in. So he does have the line in the first one is I want to be old enough to be bar mitzvahed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's your take on, on Goldberg? And I, I think you're right. It's like assume that he's Jewish and he mentions the bar mitzvah is he like do people associate him do you think like oh yeah like good jewish you know comic character for for kids or whatever oh yes look i i've had a lot of conversations over look i'm deep in mighty ducks i hope that's clear to looks like even in high school i was having my friends watch the movies if they hadn't seen it before like yeah goldberg is an important character i'm not going to put him on the level of like the rugrats shows that you mentioned because i think those actually for a lot of millennial jews are like wow that was the first time i saw myself in a TV show and there was like this, like the equivalent of a Christmas episode. Like it was a, it was a powerful thing to actually see yourself in those shows. Goldberg is different. Goldberg's like the butt of the joke. Um, but that line absolutely stuck with me. And the little snapshot of Goldberg's deli at the beginning of D2 absolutely stuck with me. And in a lot of ways, like the subtle shout outs to Jewish stuff for me resonate more than when there's like a whole movie about it. Like, there was Full Court Miracle, which was a, which was a Disney Channel movie that was all about like a team of Jewish basketball players and their African American coach and whatever. Um, I liked that movie, but it didn't. I don't know for whatever reason it didn't stick in my. It didn't really stick with me in the same ways. And I think part of that's that like it was almost too much on the Jewish. Right? Like I liked the little oh Goldberg's got his family's at the deli um, and this little bar mitzvah line. And, and by the way, also a circumcision line that immediately follows. He's <laughs> like, I think you got the ceremonies confused. Yeah. This isn't a bar mitzvah. This is a circumcision as they, you know, knuckle as they launched on hockey pucks at him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, you brought up some interesting points here. So Averman, like what's your take? Are we, are we saying Averman's Jewish or are people okay. just assuming because, you know, stereotypes, like what is your take on Averman? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff to unpack with Averman. So first off, there's a lot of people doing leaps based on names. And I did this myself, right? Like I mentioned Carp's name and Portman and these are like Jewish. Averman ends in men, M-A-N. Like, like that's a, a suffix to a lot of European Jewish names. And he's a character who he's this sort of funny guy. And I mean, everybody knows this listening, but I'm like, he aligns with a lot of Jewish, Jewish kinds of coded representation. And what's, and the reason why people are making this leap is because for a long time, like you didn't name character, you didn't say, Hey audience, this character is Jewish. Like it, it wasn't a thing that happened. It was only like in a movie about the Holocaust or in something that was like an entirely Jewish subject. Would that be clear? There were all these shows in the 80s and 90s, even Seinfeld, like they don't talk about Judaism. It's just like, you know, they're Jews. George Costanza's character and his whole family is never actually named as Jews, but everything about them from like retiring to Boca Raton or whatever is these Jewish stereotypes. And so Averman, I think, may have been constructed to be Jewish. Like I kind of, I kind of don't want him to be like, personally, I feel like there's other, like the idea that Portman's Jewish, I think is interesting (laughs) because a, the actor literally is B the name Portman is like a coded Jewish name and C that actually goes against Jewish stereotypes to have the bash brother guy who is Jewish. And so I'm a little more intrigued by that. 
um, than I am by Averman. But I'm not going to say like unequivocally he's not. I think the writers may have meant him to come off that way. But it's interesting because there were a lot of the actors, a lot of them were Jews. So it's just like an interesting mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's, you know, let's just get your take. You don't have to speak for the entirety <laughs> of Judaism and its history. Yeah. But like Goldberg, obviously Jewish, we're saying yes. I'm saying yes. He's he's worried about getting bar mitzvahed for sure. And the deli. Th- yeah. Goldberg's a clean yes. Okay. Averman? I am going to say no, and I welcome people yelling at me, <laughs> Jewish or not, in the Discord or elsewhere. I'm going to say no for Averman. Okay. So so I think Averman maybe lives adjacent to a Jewish community, and so maybe yes. he has a lot of Jewish comedic like icons that he's watched growing up. Maybe he and Goldberg have, you know... You know, he's he's been to, you know, Temple with them on Saturday, just like maybe Goldberg is, has been to church with Averman on, on Sunday. So I think that's the, the canon I'm going to run with. Okay. Yeah. It, that sounds, yeah, I like that a lot. I have certain friends who grew up in very Jewish areas and actually like grew up with more Jewish friends than I did in an area that wasn't that Jewish. And I, I like make references around them and they immediately get them. And I feel like Averman's in that zone. Absolutely. Like Jewish adjacent. Jewish, Jewish friendly. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Jewish adjacent. All right. Dave Karp. I'm going to say yes to Dave Karp. Okay. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Dean Portman. I'm going to say yes to Dean Portman. Okay. Let's see. Anybody else here? Do we, uh, do we, the think? only other, the only other player that I think would be an interesting conversation is Terry Hall. Because the actor, so we, we don't have to go into the Jesse Smollett. Thing. Jesse Smollett, <laughs> Jesse Smollett has a Jewish father, um, and I actually don't know if he, if Jesse Smollett identifies as Jewish. Um, there's like all sorts of interesting things about like which parent is Jewish and all of this stuff. But like, um, if you were going by actors, I'm just like sort of noting that I don't think there's any reason to presume that that any character that we didn't see the Jewishness. And their name isn't like coded as Jewish, mm-hmm. is Jewish. But like, I, if fan fiction folks are out there and want to want to run with that, like, also there's not a lot of representation of Jews of color in film, but there are actually a lot of Jews of color out there. So it would be kind of a cool thing. But yeah, yeah, I I kind of like the halls being Jewish, but uh, you know, we'll 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 have to ask the creators and whatnot. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, so no Peter Mark, no Adam Banks, none of those. Well, Peter people. Mark, the actor, is also Jewish. My my mom like tangentially knows JD Daniels' mom or something. <laughs> like uh, way back in the day, I like had an email thread where she connected me somehow because I'm that level of a geek about Mighty Ducks. So you've but, spoken to Peter Mark via email. So I don't know that. It, I think we had an email, but we never actually like talked on the phone or something. It was like that was the idea, but I think it fell through. But yeah, his. Yeah, so basically, like, I'm interested in how there's all these Jewish actors. Like, Degrassi is a, like is a show that had a ton of Jewish actors and mm-hmm. not that many Jewish characters. Um, yeah. All right, I like it. I like it. Uh, name changers wise, anybody other than Nick that sticks out as possibly uh, part of the Jewish faith here? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. I, I don't think there was anybody that was like made to fit any any sort of classic Jewish representation things like I'd be interested if they if they go that route and like next season we see the Seder or we see something with Nick and his family doing a Jewish thing like I think it's possible they were going to do an arc at one point before the game changers there was talk of them doing like 
an anti-Semitism thread related to Goldberg. And yeah. so like maybe there's, I don't know if there's producers or writers who are Jews, like maybe you'd know that better than I do. Um, like there seems to be sort of tiptoeing around, tiptoeing into some of that stuff that I'd love in season two if they if they have an episode that touches on something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure. I think Jordan Kerner is an executive producer. I'm not sure. Josh Goldsmith, uh, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to look it up and see. But uh, you bring out, brought up the Goldberg point. So mm-hmm. this is something Jordan Kerner have, has talked about uh, in the past and Steve Brill has mentioned in the past. But basically, the idea for a D4 back in the day was they go back to the Junior Goodwill Games. Team USA actually... Um, ends up losing eventually. And I'm not sure how the timeline sort of matched up here, but at a certain point, everyone's in like the Olympic village, if you will, in the cafeteria and somebody from an opposing team, I think Kerner said it was Bulgaria, made an anti-Semitic remark to Goldberg. And this sort of bans the Ducks and Iceland together against Hmm. Bulgaria. So the idea was like they they bond over this moment and the, the team USA helps Iceland go on to beat Bulgaria and they all come together. Um, if that happened, where does that rank in your like life uh, moments? Real, real quick, I want to say that the anti-Semitic remark is, you know, Bulgaria, they've done their homework. And just like Goldberg said, you know, what's the matter? Meatball sewing you down to the Italian player. It's like, what's the matter? Matzah slowing you down or something? Maybe it's oh. along those lines. Nice little yep. callback. Yeah, matzah messing with your digestive. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a thing, by the way. That's that's what they don't tell you about Passover. That, that's <laughs> well, that's um, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Good, good tips here. But yeah, I mean, if that was to happen, like how would that have changed your life as like a young kid? Oh, man. So it would, I, I think I would have really been interested Um I think that I connect personally less to anti-Semitism stuff in pop culture than I do just like Jews being happy about being Jewish. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would, I would certainly think like they could do good stuff with that and it could be really great. I think like when I categorize my favorite films or TV shows or whatever that include Jewish stuff, it's mostly just like, Oh yeah, that's like you know, Rugrats. They're they're not dealing with some anti-Semitism. It's just like oh, here's a ridiculous like scene at synagogue with Hanukkah and like the ridiculousness that happens, and it's got nice moral at the end, and they're all very happy about it. Um, so I would I would like it, but I there's a part of me that that likes that they didn't go there and that they kept the representation in this sort of here and there little shout out as opposed to like a whole plot line around. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's the, like we have so much pop culture that's like Holocaust movie and even other other moments in Jewish history that have been traumatic, you know, pogroms in Russia. Like we have we have representation of a lot of crap which is real and and like is not shouldn't be erased, but I kind of I like that the recent turn in the last couple decades has been more like oh, we're just going to have some happy go lucky Jewish TV shows. What are, what are some other, I guess, you know, that you would recommend to, to folks, you know, either Jewish or um, I guess what's, what do we say? Gentile? Is that the, 
yeah, that's the Christian that's word fine. for, I don't yeah. know. Um, I just remember like a song from, from church. It's like Gentile or Jew. And I always was like, that's, that's Ooh, that's, that's <laughs> <Anywho>. controversial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hence my disassociation with some of that faith. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for, for anyone, you know, what would, you, what are the positive, you know, Jewish representations that aren't like over the top of like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. like, let, let's get, let's get some good stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like some recent shows that have centered Jewish women because I think there's there's another issue where like there's this whole Woody Allen thing of like neurotic Jew that was that was such a figure in culture for a long time. So you had all of Woody Allen's movies and then you had, you know, George Casanza on Seinfeld and you had like just sort of this nebbishy, this like nerdy Jewish guy was like a thing. And that was what people were used to seeing. I, I like I think we lack Jewish women's representation compared to men. And so Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is an amazing TV show um, starring Rachel Bloom that similar to The Mighty Ducks, it's not like hitting you over the head with Jewish, but there's moments here and there where she does, it's a musical show. So there's songs that shout out to different things related to Judaism. Her relationship with her mom is a really interesting thing. Um, Broad City is another show that's similar in how it relates to Judaism. Um, even, yeah, I mean, there's I, like Jews are lucky compared to a lot of other marginalized groups because we have actually a lot to choose from. So I want to acknowledge that. Like, I, I, I try to be connected to people that are not Jewish, that are like Muslim or Hindu or like there's fewer shows representing those folks. And I would give just as much of a shout for people to watch Never Have I Ever on Netflix, which is great representation for for Indian folks. Um, as I would for some of the Jewish stuff, but like, I'd really just shout back to Rugrats because that's the pinnacle for me, even 30, like there's still not been many holiday specials um, since then. That's at the top of the pyramid. That's great. I do like uh, your point about, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, with, with Nick having two moms and stuff, they just sort of throw it in there and don't make a big deal out of it. So I like that, you know, we've sort of talked about that, how, you know, it's just thrown in there and like everyone goes about their day. It's kind of normal. So uh, I, I, yeah, I like where we're going here. Um, You did put some stuff. If we go back to um, Passover, I want to get to some of these questions that you put in the discord. Um, So you said, does Alex let Evan have a taste of the traditional four cups of wine? Yeah, I, so there's four cups of wine as part of this ritual, which already like great selling point for Judaism <laughs> that we have rituals that involve a required four cups of wine. But yeah, I was thinking through like, okay, Alex and Evan are at this Seder. There's different steps of it. What's going on? I think that Evan really pushes hard every year to get some wine. And I think maybe, so we're actually, are they 13? What, how old are they? Well, they're moving to the 12 to 14 age group. So okay, I would assume so like, they're 12. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious if when Nick, so we don't know anything about Nick's bar mitzvah, but like right. bar mitzvah is usually when you're 13. But like, I think it would be cool if like Alex doesn't let Evan have a taste of the wine every year. But then when Nick and Evan turn 13, like at that point, he gets to have the wine with the adults at mm-hmm. maybe not four cups, but like he gets to have, you know, half a cup or one cup. Yeah. What age were you when you got the wine? I like, I was weird and I didn't even really want the wine. I was not a cool kid. Um, <laughs> I know that's, that's not going to stun anyone, but like, I, I was probably like 17. I like, I just didn't really, I remember being at Seder's where like 
friends of mine were gunning for the wine at age like 14. And I like, I thought I didn't like wine. I thought I didn't, I thought it was like gross or whatever, as some teenagers do. Okay. Not my orientation anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. And then the the other one you put in was who's most like the Pharaoh, Riley Stanton or coach T just, yeah. Oh my gosh. I like, okay. So Riley Stanson coach I think coach T is an incredible character and I also think his flowing locks like sort of align with my image of like Pharaoh usually has whatever like headwear on that sort of makes me it feels like visually I get Pharaoh vibes from mm-hmm. coach T um Wolf Stanson is Wolf the dentist is also Pharaoh-esque but I don't know I like I'm, I'm not feeling pulled there I think it's between Riley and coach T for me, but I'm curious, like, given that I narrow to those two, I'm going to bounce it back to the two of you. What's your take? Who's our Pharaoh? So we're talking about the Pharaoh, just, you know, he is the one who enslaved the Jews. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. He's the evil one who, who won't let the Jews be free and wants them to just keep slaving away. Okay. Um, I, it's tough because both Riley and Coach T, you know, they're using these kids to better themselves. Coach T, as we've talked, Coach T is trying to get somewhere else. Uh, you know, he's trying to get to the pros where I think mm-hmm. Riley is just happy overseeing these kids and, you know, driving them. So I might go with Riley just because he's not trying to get anywhere. He feels like he's at the top and he's the he's the pharaoh in a sense there. But uh, Tommy, your thoughts. So if I remember correctly, especially from uh, Prince of Egypt, um, mm. Pharaoh, and I don't know if this is correct. Also or near not, the top of the pyramid of, of Jewish representation. Pharaoh yeah. says like, okay, after his son is killed, like Jews, you can leave. But then like they're, they're starting to leave. And he goes, you know, fuck that. You know, I'm gonna go back and get him. Um, so he, he, he goes back on his word. And so um, Riley does it. And there we go. He's got a good background here on, on the Zoom call um, with, um, was Jeff Goldblum the the voice actor? No, he was the the brother. I'm trying to think who the voice actor was for the lead character. Oh, it's uh oh my gosh, uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is Val Kilmer Jewish? I don't actually know. Hmm. That's one. I, that that's one I don't know. But anyway, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. But, but, um, and so Riley, he kind of he tricks them into like the whole like going out for dinner thing. Um, Coach T also kind of does the thing where he he kind of tricks Bombay and like tries to be like pretends to be friendly with him. So they're both kind of like have a bit of that like double cross nature. Um, yeah. I, I kind of see Coach T as it honestly, and I, I, maybe part of it is the hair, mm-hmm. um, but I do see <laughs> double crossing people in his nature. Yeah, I mean the drink thing w- with tricking Bombay. I, I like there's good arguments with both. I'm one of my favorite lines in the whole series that I actually I submitted this when you were asking for where your one f bomb would be. Mm -hmm. Um, in the whole series my favorite line is riley or one of my favorite lines is riley saying you're not even a has-been you're never was and that feels like a thing that like that feels like something pharaoh would try to say to moses or something and like i'm i'm now leaning riley a little but i i know i think y'all gotta throw it to the quackalites or something yeah i agree We'll we'll put up a poll or something, a Twitter poll, Facebook poll, something like that. But uh, real quick, just according to Jew or not Jew.com, Val Kilmer, not a Jew. So uh, I'm glad he's got it. I've been, I have been on that site before. (laughs) Fair enough. 
Uh, well, while we're on the, on the topic, um, I'm not sure I'll ever get this opportunity again to ask a real rabbi. So um, familiar with the Hanukkah song, Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. And you know what lines is, you know, Hall of Famer Rod Carew, but he doesn't yeah. actually identify. So okay, Rod Carew, Tom, yes Thank no. you. Okay, I have gone on rants about this. So context, the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler, very important in a similar way to Rugrats for like representation of Jews in the 90s. Um, yeah, there's that line, Hall of Famer Rod Carew, he's, er, he converted. He didn't convert. And this is actually deeply important to me. I mentioned before that I'm in an interfaith relationship. As you might imagine for a rabbi, that's like, not all, not everybody who's Jewish thinks that that's good. Um, and I have to spend some of my time like arguing for the equality of people in interfaith relationships in Jewish communities. The reason I have this virtual background of the Prince of Egypt is that Moses and Sipora are themselves an interfaith couple. Um, Rod Carew didn't convert and it matters that he didn't convert because he was the father of Jewish children with a, a wife at the time who was Jewish and he was super supportive. He like went to services with them and he like was a participant in the community, but he never identified as Jewish. What happened was people just sort of assumed because he was an active participant in the upbringing of these kids as Jews that he himself had converted because people like to assume that folks who aren't Jewish like would be an obstacle to raising Jewish kids and not actually supportive. Rod Carew is a perfect example of somebody who isn't Jewish, but actually did beautiful, like was a, was a participant in in his family's life and supported them. And just kind of round it out because I know we're running out of time, keeping the faith with Ben Stiller, Edward Norton, Ben Stiller eventually winds up with a non-Jewish woman and against the wishes of his, his mother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess, and he's a rabbi. Mm-hmm. Is that basically your life? <laughs> it is, except I hate the ending to that. I, I don't want to spoil too much if people haven't seen this movie, but keeping like, so just turn off the next 20 seconds of audio. The, the, the movie ends with, with his non-Jewish partner who like deciding to convert to Judaism. And by the way, that's totally valid. That's totally good if that's anybody's choice in the world. But it, you come away with this message of like, oh, it's kind of all okay because she ends up being on this path to Jewishness. Um, you're like this encyclopedia of, of pop culture, Tommy, like the way you're able to just rattle these all off. So uh, it, working impressed. at Blockbuster really helped out because like <laughs> I would get so many free rentals a week. I would just watch everything. Um, and maybe that explains why my grades were so shitty in high school and college. Like I would just mm-hmm. be, you know, watching shit. But the last like eight years, I haven't seen enough movies. So one day I'm not going to know anything. Yeah. Blockbuster, I'm going to say in Hebrew, may its memory be a blessing what you say when when like people but blockbuster is you know sadly a thing of the past now. yeah wow avala shalom is that rest yeah yeah you mentioned yeah i remember in one episode you used the phrase avala shalom that's like that's sort of the hebrew equivalent to peace be upon him in in uh in that muslims use there you go all right we are over time i gotta go to the doctor so we gotta wrap it up real quick here so uh lex Lex, you have your own podcast. Give us a plug here. Give us a quick plug for your pod. My podcast is called Judaism Unbound. We think that there shouldn't be so many boundaries around who counts as a real Jew and not a real Jew and who participates and who doesn't and all of that. You can listen to it, JudaismUnbound.com. And we've got an Instagram at Judaism Unbound, all, the, all of those things. Um, but yeah, like if you enjoyed this, uh, we talk a lot about random pop culture stuff and also other things. So yeah. There you go. Lex, also an executive producer. We appreciate it. Uh, executive, uh, executive producer. 
Exactly. The, the one and only. Yes. And then, oh, Lex is talking to me in the background. I don't know why. Uh, because you I, said Lex. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I, get, I get notes from friends that they say my name and Alexa starts. <laughs> <laughs> but for us, the quarkytech.com, go there, contact us at quarkytechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quarkytechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Take the extra 17 to 48 seconds to give us five stars. Help bump us up the charts. Uh, it helps us, I don't know, it helps with discoverability and stuff like that. So you haven't given us five stars, give us five stars and uh, we'll see how much we can move the needle this week. We'll make that sort of the homework there. Uh, you can tell us, it doesn't really matter what you put in the notes. You can you can tell us who's most like the Pharaoh, who's got your vote. And all our producers, executive, executive, or regular, we appreciate you. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Is there a, a Jewish equivalent phrase that you'd like to use? Oh man. Uh, well, I'm a, I'm from Milwaukee, and I'm a big Bucks fan, so I've been saying Bucks and Six a lot. So I'm just gonna say Ducks and Six. That's <laughs> there you go. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Quick and dick.